Introducing the chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water. Second track from the 2000 album Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water. That album went six times platinum. If you don't know what that means, that basically means they sold six million copies. Welcome to episode eight, Slinging the Biscuit, hosted by yours truly, Trav, and Jimmy Petro. People say you look like Jimmy Petro. Wait, did, who said that? My woman actually mentioned it to me the other day. She's like, you know, he looks like Jimmy Tatro. And I was like, that's my co-host. You know, it's funny. As I don't know if it's that I look like him. I think I might... I've gotten a fair amount that I remind people of him, like uh, personality-wise. Like I think my my type of humor is like the same. Uh, just want to say I saw your uh, sketched video the other day, the uh, frat dad having a kid. You know, a li- little cringy the first like thirty seconds, but after that you picked it up. You had some really great one-liners. Really enjoyed the uh, baby and the beer cans and the uh, backpack. That was good. Sort of good stuff. Uh, did you say it was the beginning was cringe? <laughs> Yeah, the first 30 seconds or so was a little bit eh, and then, you know, I wanted to stick it out. I wanted to listen to the whole thing, and I said, you know what, this isn't, uh, this isn't too bad. It's actually pretty good. It, got, it was like a fine wine. It got better with time. <laughs> Thank you. We came out of the gate swinging. We had six episodes out of the gate, hitting 1,000 downloads an episode each, a uh, couple around 2,000 downloads, and last week we did 500 downloads you know, we came up with some good energy in the first period. You know, we got good puck pressure, pucks in deep. And, uh, you know, we gave up a couple turnovers in the PP. You know, we're looking down, you know, the barrel down three rip, three nothing, you know, five minutes into the second period. So, you know, we're going to try to hem pucks in deep. We're going to hem them in this week and we're going to, uh, we're going to come back. We're going to chip away here. So episode eight and, uh, last week's episode was, uh, featuring butt ends. We talked about the truth with the hockey industry. If you haven't missed it or if you haven't listened to it. Also, as I mentioned to Pat before the episode started, every single gear rep, from the big brands, looked at my Instagram story this week about last week's episode. So they're taking notes. It's interesting yeah. how the Bauer guys, the Vaughn guys, they're looking. It's great. Good news. We've uh, caught their attention. Probably for all the wrong reasons, but that's okay. How do you take your coffee, by the way? Just curious. Summer, wintertime, fall time. How do you take your coffee? What's your uh, preference? How do I like it or how do I drink it? Because it's too different for health purposes. A lot of times I just go black and, uh, but if I'm just, if I would ideally, it would be like three cream, three sugar, you know, caramel swirl. You're going for the waner, nine sugar, nine cream, eh? A little tip, by the way, if you're drinking like a Keurig and it's hot coffee, Ed taught me this. I can't take credit. You just hot coffee. You can't drink it right away because it's fucking hot. You drop a single ice cube in there, just plop and it cools it down just enough to drink. The Pat Shea Barista School. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. He's selling coffee memberships, 1995. Enrollment starts this September. So tell me, how do you drink yours? I'm kind of the same boat. Like I, uh, I wasn't a, a coffee fan growing up. I love Coffee Crisp, the mm-hmm. chocolate bar, great Canadian chocolate bar. Yeah. And uh, I was never a fan. I just felt it tastes bitter. And then I got introduced to the quadruple, quadruple, four cream, four sugar, and damn, a little coffee with my cream and sugar wasn't half bad. So I liked it. Dialed it back down to a triple, dialed it back down to a double, and here we are today. A little bit of honey, a little bit of oat milk, how's she going? And a great cup of joe. Speaking of which, ball is coming. The upcoming school year is coming. You know who's also coming? This podcast. This guy. Oh. Yeah. We're getting excited. We're getting excited. we got a lot of exciting stuff to talk about. We're coming at you hard this week. Marc-Andre Fleury. I, I may have uh, I may have overstepped my boundaries this week, throwing up on Instagram a uh, little reel talking about uh, you know time when he snubbed me not too long ago, and uh, it seems like every keyboard warrior, every Karen, and everybody who lurks in the internet came out to attack me uh, on Sunday. So <clears throat> that was good to see everybody out in full force. Good to see the uh, community coming together, and uh, good to gonna, see everyone out in the neighborhood playing. Yeah, we're we're going to talk about that this week. Enjoying the weather. <laughs> We're, we're going we're gonna to dial it all in this week. We're going to talk about all these things. we got a couple of uh, other exciting things to talk about. But first off, Pat wanted to talk about the announcers, Bruins-Caps game. Take it away, Pat. Yes, I did. So I'm going to play it into, the, into my microphone. A bad goal. He just wasn't ready. You could tell immediately that something was wrong. But I'm sorry. If you're an NHL goaltender, 
you should not be pulling or straining a muscle. That's one of your jobs to make sure that you're stretched out and whether that means you stretch eight to ten times during the course of the day before the game to make sure this doesn't happen. I, I mean, that's you've got to be a better pro than that. And Initial thoughts? Part of me says yes, because I relate to that. Like, there's some times where I, I know I haven't done the right things to my to my body when I get on the sure. ice, but it's not because I was ignorant or I was lazy. It was because at the moment when I was stretching an hour or two before, I felt I felt good, I felt comfortable, and then whether it was the ride to the rink or, or whatever the case may have been, something changed, and now I'm tight, and now, you know what I mean? So I, I get both sides of the story. Right, that, no. That, that's Kelly Rudy, right? That was Kelly Rudy in Hockey Night who was saying that, I think? I th- I don't know the voice. Maybe. It was Sportsnet, I think. Here's the thing that I don't like about these old guys, you know, commentating or, you know, being on the hockey panels is that they're so stuck in the old times. Like, I, I'm not saying I know everything because I don't, but what I am saying is the fact that, like, Kelly Rudy played the game, like, almost 30 years ago. You know what I mean? The demands of a goaltender and a pro athlete today are night and day different from what it was five years ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago. And a guy like that, I don't think, understands that. Like, we're talking about the days when you literally, you showed up to training camp four days before after eating chicken wings and golfing all summer. We're like, I'm going to get into shape in the next four days. Have a steak dinner later that night. Like, things are so different. The game's different. Times have changed. The demands are different. Keep in mind, this is coming from a mediocre, you know, F-list pro hockey player, pro hockey goal, if you want to even call me that. But that's how I see it. What do you think? So my thought on this, and still initially and still is like, what a fucking moron for saying that. That was my initial thought, and I still, I like, dude, this is a fucking Stanley Cup playoff game, not the Stanley Cup, but it's a playoff game. You think this guy didn't fucking warm up and stretch? Like, I would like to point out on that save uh, from Vanacek, he went from. Well, I would call a, a, a second degree stance. You have a first degree, which is your you know your face off stance. You have a, a second, and then a third stance yeah. where maybe things are in close. He was probably in, in stance two, and he went from standing on his feet to a full on splits, dropping two hundred right. pounds of pressure into that. Like that's a lot different from like if you're on your knees pushing into a splits. I would think there's less pressure, but if you're going from standing six feet in the air, like you know he's six feet tall, that's a lot of pressure coming down on one muscle, like. But, dude, I don't care how much you warm up. You can still get injured. Like, you can pull muscles and be as a pro athlete. To call him a he's bad pro, he needs to be a better pro is bullshit. Like, I've, I go through, because personally, I have hip issues genetically. And just the hockey stride, obviously, is terrible for hips. I warm up my hip extra. Like, I would have to show up early to the games, do extra stretches, do these all these warm ups, blah, 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 because I know I have bad hips really make sure I'm warm before I go on the ice and play. I had a, a game this my senior year, just played the night before. We had a noon game, and it was too much on my hip. I tweaked my hip. So am I a bad professional? Am I a bad college athlete because of my, I tweaked my hip? Apparently, if you're Kelly Rudy, you are. <laughs> Wear and tear, overuse. That's, that's fucking shit happens. I don't believe that would make this goalie a bad professional, especially to... This is playoff hockey. Like this guy is warming up, man. I don't know. I just, I just think that was a silly comment. I don't know. Maybe he, maybe he looks back at it and he's like, maybe I was a little too harsh. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he stands by it. I don't know. But I, I don't agree with his his words. But I think, I think genetics would play a big role into it as well. You know, you got like guys like Jonathan Quick or Andre Vasilevsky where they're like genetically programmed to move like exactly like that. And then, like, have you ever seen Connor Hellebuck try to stretch? It's absolutely painful to watch. Like, if you watched me and Connor Hellebuck stretch side by side, it's like, oh my god! Like, I, I need to turn the TV off. This is painful to watch. You know, like, there's not a lot of yeah. flexibility. So, like, some guys can't yeah. do that. But and he's re- he really like stretched far quick. And like sometimes it's not a natural movement to do. You know, you're gonna. I don't care how much you warm up as a goalie. Like you have to quick like that. You might pull something. That's just the human body. So. so hold on. So you're telling me six foot three, six foot five, grown ass men at twenty five years old are not designed to skate on steel knives and jump around into a full splits on their knees, internally rotating their hips outward. This is not natural? You're telling me this? I know, it's crazy to think, right? Hmm. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. We may uh, we may need to get a doctor to uh, look into this a little bit more. Speaking of doctor, we're gonna play an episode of Doctor today because here's the deal. Pat got a text recently from a female 
of concern. He told me that she texted him concerned, didn't tell me what was happening. But as you know, you know, you stub your toe on the couch, you Google what happened, you think you broke your toe, and Google says, listen, you have stage four cancer. So I figured what better thing to do on a beautiful Thursday morning, kicking off episode eight of the podcast, than me play doctor. Pat's going to try to, you know, tell him what's going on. I'm going to try to solve this mystery. Yeah. Let me let me give a little context here. Um, I got a, I woke up to a text the other day, and before I even say the text, Trav immediately jumped to let me play doctor and guess what's happening. So <laughs> he he wouldn't let me text. up until this point. We're gonna try that now though. The text that I received, which as a guy is a, is so terrifying. I got a text morning. I'm having a good morning. I wake up. Nothing's bothering me. I slept till noon. I'm having a fucking time, you know? And all of a sudden I look at my phone and it says, give me a call when you get a chance, please, period. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, why? What's up? You know, kind of like getting a little nerves here. And then she responds with, just call me, period. And when you use the period, that means business, right? So Trav immediately jumps to let me play doctor, thinks there's like something wrong with me. Now, well, for the sake of uh, this, you know, this bit, we're going to allow you to play doctor. I mean, as a guy, I think getting a text like that from a female, not ideal. I, my mind goes to the worst. So, Trav, go ahead and do as you do as you must. Okay. Well, uh, for, first question, Mr. Shea, uh, step into the office, please. Thank you. Um, Yep. Do you, have, do you have a temperature today, first off? Any uh, flu-like symptoms over the last 14 days? Have you left the country recently? No, just allergies. Swollen. I have a swollen I have swollen um, uh, eyes. Okay. Yeah, um, from allergies. Do you have anybody you know or any close contacts with uh, somebody who's been exposed to uh, potentially coronavirus uh, 19? No, but I actually have the bodies. Okay, okay. You're laying bodies. Good. It's good to hear. Okay. Ant- um, yes, ant- antibodies. Where where is the pain? Can you describe to me? What? No pain. Although my ears kind of hurt. I don't know if that's related. Okay. Have you have you recently flown anywhere? No. Okay. That could have been an air pressure thing, but we'll move on. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. the, the piece of meat between your legs resemble a piece of cauliflower by chance? No, that looks pretty. My my okay. the piece of meat is is cooked nicely. Uh, any uh, discoloration on the salami? Any air exposure? Does it look gangrene to you? No, not so. On a normal day, my salami darker than the rest of my body. Okay. So that's the norm, though. It's always tan. I have a tan. I have tan meat. I don't know if that's a me thing or if it's an everyone thing, but my meat is tan. It's a different sm- race than myself. Do you smoke? How's your diet? No. This is this is no, I don't. Okay. Um, well My diet's terrible. Well, Mr. Shea, if you take a look to my notes here, um yep. I think you might want to get an S T D check. It uh <laughs> just it does not look good. I knew your mind I knew right away that that's where your mind went based on uh the way you said let me want let me play doctor. So my mind didn't go there right away. So so you're saying my research is incorrect? Yeah, it's incorrect. Okay. I uh I also I just for shats and gags uh did get tested not too long ago. You know, was I was I was negs, negatives. But my mind when I got this text, thank you for playing doctor and making sure I'm okay by the way. I actually appreciate that a lot. Um I got that text front. and immediately my mind's like, oh no, no, please tell me I did not knock this girl up. You know, that kind yeah. of, that's where my mind went. So I started freaking. And when I go, what's up? Why? And she replies with just call me, period. I literally hopped off my bed, got on my knees and started praying to God. Like literally it was like in the name of the father and the son, the Holy spirits, you know, like freaking out. Oh my God what did I do? You know? And then I, I was like, what, like, what's up? I call and like, literally she was in the fields. That's it. And that 
that that's it. That's all. That that was actually my second conclusion. If the first one didn't work out, so we I'm glad we made some progress here, and we uh, couldn't we couldn't continue. <laughs> did I ever tell you when I almost blew up a uh, football stadium by accident, or no? Um, no. Okay. So in Winnipeg, there's an investors group field. It's a football stadium. They house about 35,000 people. And uh, I'm working in the food service kitchen. This is about five years ago. And uh, chef has me go outside and, you know, fire up the barbecues because uh, we're doing a, you know, a nice big grill off for the football team. And uh, I got this big barbecue. It's about, it's got to be at least 10, 12 feet long. Big, 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 uh, big bad boy. And uh, I'm out there barbecuing, flipping some burgers and some uh, smokies. And it's getting a little toasty. It's the middle of summer, plus 30. I'm in a chef coat. And I figure, you know, I wouldn't mind being in the shade a bit. And I'm, and I'm pretty close to the shade. So I take the barbecue and I drag it backwards, just like this, right, towards the shade. And then as I'm dragging it, I hear, out, whoa, what are you doing? And I'm like, what is going on? Chef comes running over and he's like, have you gone mad? Are you a maniac? You're a lunatic. I'm like, why? What? I'm trying to move into the shade. He's like, you're dragging the propane tanks. There's like five propane tanks being dragged against the concrete as I'm moving. Because oh, it was making like a no. sound as I was like moving it back towards <laughs> the, the end. And so the propane tanks are going like against like the concrete. Yeah. So we could have potentially had a very big dilemma on our hands. But uh, the Smokies were saved. Everybody ate. Everybody went home happy. And I didn't get fired that day. So that was... Uh, that Jeez, was great, dude. Speaking of almost being homeless, because I could have—I mean, I could have had no job after that. You tip homeless people? You see, you see, a guy in the corner, you give him money. I just don't feel like I'm in a financial space. I might be asking for tips, you know? Like I, I don't think I'm in a financial space to be handing out money. I. <laughs> so, so you're telling me when the guy comes up to you and is like, "Hey, man, you get any any change to spare?" You say, "No." Do you have any to spare to me? Because I could use some some change. Here, <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. I go, "Nah, you." <laughs> All right, and it's then like, I sit uh, down next to him. I go, "Let's see if the next guy <laughs> has some for us," and I fucking move my shit in with him. You know, it's it's like the uh, All Star by Smash Mouth song when he says, uh, "I could use a little bit of gas." And he says, yeah, you're right. Everybody could all use a little bit of change. Same thing. The, re- the reason I asked... Sorry, go ahead. But I also don't carry cash. Like, or coins? You carry coins? You know? No. Okay. I just like, pretend like I, I ignore them, you know? Like, I drive up next to them. And if they're, like, waving with their sign, you know, I'm just like, fuck, fuck. Try not to make eye contact. <laughs> you lure the windows up and yeah, lock exactly. doors. Guys, like, do you have any yeah. change? You're like, oh, I don't have any change or cash. I mean, you take debit or credit. You ever seen that, like, in a delivery guy? He has the iPhone. It plugs in. He's got that going there. <laughs> I take Venmo. You know, you know, like, you know what I'm picturing? I'm picturing the guys on the street right outside the vendor. Ask you, do you have any cash? He needs to get a meal. You tell him no. He's like, well, that's okay. I, I take Visa and debit. And he pulls out the whole credit card machine. And he's like, by the way, there is a 1.5% interest charge when you use your credit card. But go ahead and swipe whenever you're ready. He's already got it queued up for 20 bucks. <laughs> What makes you ask this, by the way? Because I was I was driving downtown the other like I live in downtown Winnipeg, and I was at a stoplight, and I always see the same faces at the same corners. It's almost like they're territorial. Like this guy owns this corner, that guy owns that corner, and they always give you the same sob story of hey, anything helps, need some money, blah blah blah. And there was a guy the other day that I saw, and his sign said, "Let's be honest, this is weed money, right? Like I'm going to use this as weed money." And I thought to myself, like. I think the part that drives me the craziest about homeless people or, or anybody asking for money is that they're just asking for a free hand-me-out when they're not actually using it to go buy food or a drink. They're going to buy you know liquor or drugs. And the fact that the guy was so willingly honest, I thought, I was like, you know what? He's an honest man. I don't know how you get any more honest. Like I sh- I'm going to give him some money. I didn't have any change on me. I would have given it to him if I did. But that, that's what got me thinking about that. And I wanted to... That's interesting. Yeah, the, like, and there was also there was a guy that I saw the other day. This, this is what kind of got me really thinking about talking about it on the podcast. Was the guy's at the corner and he's doing like flips and tricks. He's like spinning the sign around. He's juggling it. You know, he's putting it between his legs. He's doing all the dance moves. You know, he, and, he, and he's walking down the uh, the boulevard. He, you know, he's doing a little shimmy shake. He's got his, his sign on the one hand. He comes up to me and he's like, "Got any change?" And I'm like, "I almost want to give you change because like you're earning your money. You know, you're earning." You know, you're earning a salary here, but again, I don't carry change on me like you. And sorry, bud, you take credit. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta be careful there. I think too, because a lot of times it's it's going to drugs, uh, unfortunately. 
Uh, I always wonder about homeless, homeless guys. It's like, I kind of start thinking about their backstory a little, you know, like where did it all go wrong? It, you know, could this be me? Am, is this, you know, am I looking in the mirror? No, I, but it's like, I think like if I was homeless, if my life went that shit and I became homeless, my brother would let me crash, you know, or a good friend. It's like, where did your, where did their life go so wrong that it ended that it's ended up that way? It's, it's sad, you know? You know, I, you know, my woman and I, we were driving actually, and we saw, you know, some homeless people moving some boxes the other day. And we were actually got into talking about exactly that. And, and we were saying that if, like, if you're homeless, you know, you're living under a bridge, you know, you're, you know, whatever. That, like, there, like you said, there had to have been something that went wrong along the ways where, you know, you fell on some hard times, lost your job, etc. Wife took all your money. But I feel like if you're homeless, at some point or another, you had to make that choice. Like you had to make the, the choice of, I'm not motivated. I'm not, I don't really, you know, I'm not inspired to get a job. I'm not inspired to do something about it. I'm just going to, you know, take my lickings and accept for what it is. Like you have to make a choice to, to be in there. Like maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe, you know what I mean? You know, you got drug addiction, you got to spend your money on something, but I don't know. Definitely something. <clears throat> a lot, ha- a lot definitely went wrong there, but this also falls into like us getting hate and whatnot. And like the idiotic people of the, the internet, this kid. So I don't know if you recently saw, my brother is transferring to uh, Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart. They're the red and white school, right? Yes. Okay. Why is he transferring? But just didn't get opportunity. Like, didn't get a chance in Northeastern. Yeah. Okay. Is he, so, he's going into his third year, right? He is, but COVID gave him another year. So, technically, he has three more years. Fuck yeah. And that they passed that new rule where it doesn't burn uh, eligibility if you settle or transfer, right? Yeah, the transfer pool was heavy, heavily loaded this year, like heavy people. Is it because of that rule? Because now it doesn't burn like an extra year. I think so. So they burn they like the rule. It's a combination of that new rule and the fact that COVID gives another year too. So they have uh, multiple like options here that's better than it was. So, but anyways, I posted a video on TikTok, a clip from a like skit I did with. My older brother about how my younger brother decommitted from Maine. He's committed a lot. <laughs> he went, he went, he committed to Maine. He decode, won his own path northeastern. Now he's transferring. And anyways, someone responds uh, or comments on it, and he goes, and now he's transferring to a terrible school. To like, if someone chirps my like me about ability of hockey or where I'm playing, chef, I don't give a fuck. But it's like you're coming at my fam. You know, I'm going to reply to you. So I said, where are you going again? He's a nobody. And he says, anywhere but Sacred Heart, I'll tell you, I'll tell you that. And then my next comment got a lot of likes. I said, after you don't go D1 and realize how bad you are at hockey, you'll think back to this and feel like an absolute idiot. And then we had another few exchanges and I simply was like, enjoy college debt, you know, kind of like laid into him a little bit here. You know what, if just I could, just for, for a split second, I like the college debt comment because let's be honest, if you ain't getting a full ride to university in the States, how fun paying off that quarter of a million dollars, loser. Second off, you, anybody who's going to chirp, and, and, and this is what, what drives me absolutely looney tunes about the chirping of athletes on a performance basis. We'll, we'll get into this a little bit more in a second, but you can't tell me. That as somebody who plays competitive hockey, who, who, as much as, you know, the internet says, you play for fun. You play because the game is fun. Go out there and have fun. That's a crock of shit. You go out there and you play to dominate. You want to win. You want to advance to the next level. You want to play junior. You want to get a full ride to, to college at, at the NCAA. And you want to go on and play pro hockey, make a shit ton of money, and get some of the hottest girls on the planet. Anybody who says otherwise is full of shit. And if they say they're not, I'll show you a liar. Here's the part that drives me nuts. This guy is telling you, Oh, I, I wouldn't be caught dead going to play NCAA D1 at Sacred Heart. When you get a full ride Scully and you get an opportunity to play in the second or the first line, to play with some elite level talent and have an opportunity to make real money playing professional hockey, not Trav professional hockey, real professional hockey. 
You're going to change your tune awfully quick. And these losers on the internet that don't understand that, that like this, it doesn't make me lose sleep at night, but it drives me insane that these guys have no grip on reality and are delusional. Yo, give me a sec. Hold on. You got shit? Oh. Uh, sorry to interrupt our conversation, folks, but uh, Pat, I think, has the runs and has to go take a shit. So we'll come back after this intermission break, sponsored by Anchor. Yeah, so sorry for that quick commercial break. Um, I fully agree with what you're saying. Like, as a kid, and that's why I responded that way. It's because, like, this kid would and should, if he really likes hockey and doesn't want to, you know, wants a scholarship or not to pay for college you want to go like you would take anywhere like you want to save a hundred thousand dollars you want to save a quarter of a sheet you yeah you'd go anywhere division one i don't care if it's sacred heart you know so when he's older that's why i said you're going to look back at this and realize how stupid you are and he is he's going to look back likely won't go d1 likely sucks at hockey and we'll realize yeah i would go to sacred heart I wish there was a way to communicate this kind of stuff across to people because if you know a good you know a good analogy might be my dad. My dad doesn't really understand hockey the same way that I would like him to because my dad never played competitive hockey. Like my dad hasn't been around the game with enough informative people to actually really know what goes on. And ninety five percent of people don't. That's just the way mm-hmm. hockey works. If you haven't been exposed to it, how are you going to know? And I wish there was a way to educate people where, like, you can give them an understanding for what you and I see. Because if you've never played the game, I, I don't care what anybody says. You can be, you know, the biggest stat guy in the world. If you haven't played the game, you don't know shit. I'm sorry. That's how it is. But you know what? You wanted to tackle the flurry thing? Might as well do it right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I posted something on Instagram on uh, Sunday. Um, you see all the time people talking about Marc Andre Fleury and that he's like the happiest, go lucky guy, the nicest guy ever. He's this, he's that, and I, I don't like talking about this kind of stuff because I don't want to be that that guy that's going to be a Karen online. But I decided to be a Karen on Sunday because everybody was talking about how great he was, blah blah blah, and I and I just kept thinking to myself when I was 18 years old. I had a buddy of mine, Chris Peters. Uh, he had hookups to find out where all the NHL teams were staying, when they would come into town, you know, where they'd stay, all that stuff. So he would, together, he would help me find NHL players throughout the city of Winnipeg when they'd come to play the Jets and we'd get autographs. And so the Pittsburgh Penguins are in town, and it's the exact same day that Marc-Andre Fleury signed his six-year, $30 million extension with Pittsburgh. It was in November. I remember, I think November 14th. I could have been wrong. But he signed a big contract extension. And I loved Fleury growing up. He was like one of my idols. And I put out a story talking about how, you know, I went to go to downtown Winnipeg to go f- try to find Flurry, try to meet him. And I see him and I come up to him like, you know, hey, Mr. Flurry, you know, you know, you know, Flurry. Like I try to be as respectful as I possibly can because I, I love the guy. Like, I, I want a picture with him and I want to get an autograph because I'm a fan. Like I have at this point in time, I have a poster of Marc-Andre Flurry right above my bed. At 18 years old, I'm an 18 year old grown ass man with a, with a poster of Flurry to put in perspective here. And the entire time I tried to get his, his attention, he, he didn't acknowledge me once. He ignored me. And I was like, like, wh- like what am I supposed to do? Like, he's, he had just gone to Tim Hortons. He got a coffee in, in Winnipeg Square in downtown. And he, he, was, he was, I guess, walking and talking to one of you know, the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I think it was Max Talbot at the time. And I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, I want to, you know what I mean? So I said to my buddy Chris, I was like, just take the picture or whatever. Like, I'm just going to put my arm around him, pose with him, and, and see if I can get a picture. So I do that. He turns around, you know, he looks at the camera. So if you look at the picture, it actually doesn't look as awkward as it could. But he, he did that, and he just took off right away, just kept going. And it got me thinking to myself, like, here's a guy that, that I love watching on TV. I've supported. I've loved. He's, you know, one of my – he isn't my idol, but one of the guys I idolized as a kid. Mm-hmm. I got a poster of this kid – or this guy in my room. I'm a grown-ass man with this poster in my room. And this guy just snubbed me, couldn't even give me the time of day. On a day where he just made $30 million, he signed a six-year deal. And I, was, I remember I went home and I took down that poster. I was like, you know, like honestly, I took the poster down. I, I put it in my dresser or whatever. I was like, I'm not putting this up. I, I put over, I put a Corey Crawford poster up instead. Like I was just so chapped that this guy that I loved did that to me. And realistically speaking, that's probably be the only interaction I ever have with him for the rest of my life. It came back to I saw this happening you know, where everybody's talking about how great of a guy he is. And I got pissed off and I posted about it. And I was just like, listen. 
on a personal level, I think he fucking sucks because he couldn't even give me thirty. He couldn't even give me ten seconds of his time. And now all of a sudden, every keyboard warrior on the planet that loves Marc Andre Fleury came out and is like, "How dare you say that he sucks? He's an NHL goalie. You're not." I listen. I never said anything about him being a bad NHL goalie. He's going to be up for the Vesna Trophy this year. Every single NHL goalie on the planet, I have the utmost respect for. I made a YouTube video last year talking about how I love Craig Anderson. Worst goalie in the NHL. I love him because he's an NHL goalie. You can take something great out of every NHL goalie's game and learn from it because they're elite little athletes. But just on yep. a personal level, I couldn't get over it. Because during that same year, you know, we met so many guys. And I remember meeting Henrik Lundqvist, the greatest goaltender to put on pads in the NHL probably in the last 20 years. Don't at me if you, if you think otherwise. He is the greatest over the last 20 years. Nine and two in game sevens. Vesna trophies. Greatest looking man in hockey the last 20 years. Like all this stuff. He's that cute. Ha- He's cute. By the way, his hair is better looking in person than it is on TV. The guy had 100 people swarming him in downtown Winnipeg. Henrik this, Henrik that. Can I got a picture? Can I get an autograph? He still made... I was one of the last people. He made time for me. Said hi. I got a picture with him. I can't remember if I shook his hand, but he was great. On the other side, you have guys like you know Jonathan Quick. Probably not happy that I'm bugging him, but every all three times I've met Jonathan Quick, he stopped, taking a picture, said thank you, carried on. Cam Talbot actually is one that stands out in my mind the most because I met him, said, hey, you know, you know, Cam, I got a picture, and he stopped and talked to me for about 10 minutes. Just outside, yeah. downtown. If you wouldn't know any better and you walked up to us, you would have been like, Trav and Cam must like be best friends or something because we just sat and just shot the breeze for 10 minutes. It, it was incredible, and I'll never forget that. But when Marc-Andre Fleury just snubbed me like that, I, I, I've never been able to forget about it. And I put that on the internet on Sunday, and everybody was just coming after me. So the point I wanted to make is that – you ever seen the, the movie Incredibles? Obviously. Okay. You know when uh, Incrediboy, when he idolizes Mr. Incredible and he tells him to go home, he doesn't want any affiliation with him, and he goes and destroys all the posters? That was literally me as an 18-year-old grown-ass man with the Marc-Andre Fleury posters. You are the plot of the Incredibles. That's me. You create your own enemies sometimes. I am my own worst enemy. Little no, like Flory created you. Oh, I, I was talking about the song "My Own Worst Enemy," but anyway. Oh, great hit from the two thousands, American Pie soundtrack. But love that. The point being is that when you have somebody you idolize and you love and you look up to, you watch them on TV, you buy the jerseys, you buy the gear because they wear the same brand. You like you have a Flurry stick. I had Flurry sticks, like Flurry spec Reebok sticks, because I, I love what he was all about. And I, I bought Reebok Premier 4 pads and gloves custom because he was wearing them. And when he did that to me, I just remember having this resentment for him. I'm like, I, I, I hope this guy is out of the league next year. I hope he get, I hope he doesn't stop a puck the rest of his career because I couldn't believe that this guy I idolized did this to me. And if you're a kid and you have an idol like that and they do that to you, try it. It'll leave a lasting impression on you and you'll never forget about it. So a lot of people said that, I, that I'm a whiner. And that I'm a butthurt baby who hasn't gotten over it is holding a grudge. Yeah, I am holding a grudge because I idolized the guy and he snubbed me. Couldn't even get the time of day. Yeah, from your perspective, 100%. Am I really. in the wrong? Am I? Maybe I shouldn't have posted the, the video, you know, blasting. But him. it's funny. It got like <clears throat> it got heat, you know. It got attention. It got um, a lot of comments and a lot of views. And uh, I think from your perspective, is understand. It's it's understandable because. You know, all you know is, or if a kid's running up to him is, oh my God, this is the guy I see on TV. This is the guy I idolize. It's my hero. You know, it's like, it's like seeing a fucking superhero in real, you know what I mean? Like, oh my God, I didn't know you were real. It's like that. So from your mind and any fan of his or kid that is idolizing him, they see him, that's the reaction. So you're like, oh my God, I'm going to go get a picture and autograph and this will like complete my like shit you know i got to meet the guy now from his perspective it's like shit like i just want to live this normal life you know i people do this often at the games right now i'm on a walk with my teammate and friend i just want to be like left alone and he's probably was in one of those days where he was just like i'm getting a lot like i just want to have like a day with my friend and be left alone and you probably caught the wrath of that. What now? I don't know him. You know, he maybe he is a dick. Maybe that. Maybe he kind of ignores people, his fans. I don't know. And I think it's important as like an athlete or uh, like a celebrity or whatnot to an extent. You know, to make sure you don't forget that 
that the appreciation of the fan and give them the time. But, you know, obviously from their perspective, I don't know how it is, you know, maybe it's, it gets old and annoying and it's tough to keep that, you know, face. And I also, like, I don't want to be the guy that's like, like, I pay your salary. Like I buy tickets to the games. I buy your Jersey. I buy equipment that you have sponsorships. Like, I don't right. want to be that guy because, but it's true. Cause yeah, well, realistically speaking, you don't have a job and you're probably working at Canada post. If I'm not buying your Jersey or doing, you know what I mean? But like at the same yeah. time, like, I understand he's a pro, you know, he gets it all the time. He wants to, you know, be himself. But like, as, Somebody I idolize, can I not get five seconds of your time just to, yeah, sure. Thank, thanks for, uh, you know, thanks for supporting me. Thank you very much. You know? Right. Like, th- that's all it takes. Five seconds is all it takes to last, you know, like Cam Talbot. The guy gave me 10 minutes of his time to just shoot the breeze. And it's a memory I'll never forget. And I tell people to this day, like, he's the great, like, the nicest guy I've ever met because he gave me that time and he was friendly, all that kind of stuff. And, it, imagine like I'm a grown ass man. You imagine you do that to a kid. Like with that, the kid's mm. never gonna forget that. I remember just Joe Thornton kind of did that to me. We were all we were down the bottom by the locker room. We were grabbing autographs, went on it, and we all were like, "Holy shit, Joe Thornton!" Obviously, he was the man in Boston. He was the guy. And uh, so we run up to him before he's like going down the escalator, like, "Oh, like Mr. Thornton or whatever. Can we get your autograph?" And he's like. Oh, sorry, I don't have a pen. And just ran away down the escalator, like just bolted out of there. Yeah, and I remember being like, "What the? What an asshole!" You know, in the moment. And I, I think it's too like, I think you make a good point because um, that that was like for a kid too. Like I was like pretty upset about that. But what were you, what were you seven I mean, years old? Yeah. So you're seven yeah. years old. You're twenty two. Sorry, twenty four years old now. That's 17. So 17 years later, good math, Trev. 17 years later, you haven't forgotten about that because it stuck with you. Yeah, you know, well, I shouldn't say I didn't forget about it. It just, this reminded me of it. But it's not like every time I thought of Joe Thor and I would be mad. I, I got over it. I mean, at the same time, I, it, that doesn't mean like he's not a dick, you know, to me. Like maybe I've just never it's just whatever now but like i do agree with your view of it like i think it's important for a guy like that to not forget that the reason he's able to have a job is because we pay for the game we're paying for them essentially their salary and the money comes from the fans you know well that's where a lot of the comments came from that are like you're entitled you're you're entitled to his time he doesn't owe you shit he doesn't owe me shit like people right. were saying too that you know maybe he could have been having a bad day. I thought he just signed a thirty million dollar extension that day. Physically impossible to having a bad day when you make thirty million dollars. I don't think you can. Um, mm-hmm. People also said, listen, he's in downtown Winnipeg, you know, in November. That's enough reason to be pissed off. Valid point. You know, he's also French. Maybe the language barrier didn't understand me because you know I speak like a pretty hardcore, you know, Prairie's boy, and he's you know a hardcore Frenchy. So maybe there's the you know there's a language barrier too. Could have been in a bad mood. Maybe also somebody said maybe he had the shits just like you did. Like you had to stop the podcast and get running to you know go you know go drop a load and you know drop the Cosby's off at the pool. And maybe he had to do the same thing. He was like you know I yeah, just had Tim Hortons. Yeah, he. I mean, plus he just went to Tim Hortons. He had a coffee like they say. You know, you never buy coffee; you only rent it. That stuff runs through like grain through a goose. And maybe he had to you know go fire off a missile. You know, in the in the John. A lot of things could have. You know, I'll never know. The guy's never going to give me the time of day, but. Uh, the internet hates me. I think to put in perspective for the internet, so let's give an example here. Um, say you in a smaller scale, but like, yeah, let's use you as, as a smaller, I know it's smaller scale than like a celebrity, but still. So you're making money doing content right now because of the people watching you. Yeah. Or say you sell merch like, uh, like Nelk. Nelk sells merch. YouTube doesn't even monetize them. Nelk yep. makes all their money from the people buying their merch. So that's like, it's like the equivalent of someone who watches your video running up to you and you big dogging them, like acting too cool because you don't have the time today. You're having a bad day. When in reality, this person who's running up to you is the, is one of the viewers is in the reason you're making money in a different perspective. And that I feel like 
it's sometimes you get caught up and you, you maybe he was having a bad day and he was kind of being he was annoyed but i think it's you can it can go both ways right you can look at it from both ways but i think it is important to remember that that's that view of it is that the fan is the reason you get to do what you do well and and i think too again keep in mind that you and i are on a much smaller scale but one of the things that, that I try to do is when I make a video or whatever, I, repl- I intentionally reply to every single comment on YouTube because I want to separate myself from being that guy on the internet to somebody you, you know. That you're not just watching me through a screen, like I'm conversing with you in the comment section. And granted, you could be in, you know, you know, Eastern Malaysia, or, you know, Ethiopia or Russia or, or, you know, even New Mexico. There's still a connection because I'm, I'm communicating with you and I'm, and I'm trying to build that connection and let you know that. You're not just some you know view count on the internet. I actually care. I genuinely care that you you know you listen to my podcast with Pat or you watch the video that I put out. When when you idolize somebody, you buy the the jersey, you buy the sticks, you buy the gear, and they don't give you the time of day. Like it it, it makes you maybe I I don't deal with rejection very well, or maybe I I'm a resentful person. But that doesn't sit well with me, because I, I I've I've given so much to you, in the sense of like I'm your fan and you can't even give me five seconds of your time. Mm-hmm. Ta- your time is free. You know what I mean? Like it's like cameo. Like you're gonna charge somebody ten bucks for a birthday wish? No, just send me a message on Instagram. I'll do it for you for free. No mm-hmm. no no charge, no fee. Yeah, the cameo thing's interesting though. It's like I think it's a scam. At it is, but at the same time. It is a way to for like a creator to make money, which is well, like, hard. Well, it's like how desperate are you to make money? You know, like, and this kind of comes back to last week's episode. And I guess maybe we can get into this to kind of cap the episode. When you want to make money on social media or on YouTube, you have one of two ways to do it. You can monetize the audience or monetize companies. Companies are going to be the easiest to do, and they come first. So, for example, Bauer says, we'll give you X amount of dollars to wear our equipment, wear our, you know, our ultrasonic stuff, tell everybody how great it is. That's the easiest way because they'll, they'll come first. To monetize an audience, you have to build the audience, get them to trust you, and then monetize them. Very, mm-hmm. very difficult to do. So when you're telling people, listen, give me 10 bucks and I'll wish you a happy birthday. Give me 100 bucks and you know, I'll... I'll Make you a custom video for four minutes or give me five bucks and I'll, I'll message you back and forth. To me personally, I think to myself, how desperate for cash are you? Like, uh, you know that, uh, that Kane Van Gate guy, the Keith Van Gels, whatever his name is? So I saw he was on Cameo. And I'm thinking to myself, like, how, like, how desperate for money are you? Like, if you got to be like, listen, I'll give you a birthday wish or, you know, I'll, I'll send you a video of me closing and open my glove for 20 bucks. Like, how desperate for money are you? Like, dude, get a job, A, whether you're working at a laundromat or McDonald's, or B, dig deep, work a little bit harder, monetize your videos and your Instagram, do some actual work on it, treat it like a job, and then make money. There's no need to go asking people for money. Yeah, like a birthday wish. I think there's, you have to give a lot of free value to them to build that trust, and then, then they might pay for like an exclusive monthly content thing. Versus like making them pay for everything right away, like a birthday shout out or just a conversation in general at first is that's like, then it's just like, okay, this guy doesn't really, he's not giving me any value. He's not giving me any free value. Like when someone DMs me for tips, I usually respond, you know, sometimes I'm busy and I don't get to it like right away, but I typically will respond to everyone if they're asking me for tips and give them, how do, how do you become a D1 player? And I'll, I'll give my piece. I'll tell them like what I, my perspective of it. And I think I think it's important to do that for free. Give free advice so that you know if someone's looking for more like exclusive content, they they feel like you know you're a friend, they trust you. Then then you can then monetize the audience as you put it, rather than just trying to like cameo, which is a good point. You know, well, and I, I think the really reason too, I think the reason too that that makes that work is that like I, I would consider us friends, right? And as a friend, I value your opinion. So if you know you and I are grocery shopping out out and about. And I say, you know, Pat, I'm gonna, I want to buy some French's ketchup. And you're like, Trav, don't buy French's, buy Heinz. I use Heinz all the time. It's the best, right? You've now influenced me because I trust you, your personal friend. Hence the term influencer. You have been an influencer mm-hmm. to me buying Heinz ketchup over French's ketchup. That's what you're trying to build online. Meanwhile, you are some random person on the internet behind a computer screen making YouTube videos, but that's that level of connection you want to build. Like when my mom influences me and says, listen, 
stop doing crack three nights a week, get a job. You know, she's trying to influence me. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Bad example, but yeah, I don't do crack, by the way. Uh, do you want to talk pranks? Yeah, let's talk some hockey pranks. I, I had a, a flashback the other day because uh, in Canada, uh, you, you would have no idea about this, but uh, Canada is in a COVID frenzy right now. The, nothing is open in this entire country. Meanwhile, the Carolina Hurricanes are selling a sell, sold-out crowd for their playoff games. You know, the Atlanta Braves are doing 100% capacity baseball games, and you get a COVID vaccine shot at the game if you want. Like it is, You couldn't talk about it night and day. We're talking pumpkins to asparagus. Like it could not be any more different. And my 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 gym's closed, right? So I'm I'm working out outside now. And you know, my trainer Brian says to me the other day, he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna dog you, I'm gonna work you, I'm gonna bring out, get out the lawn chair, sunglasses, and I'm gonna work you out outside, I'm gonna enjoy it. And he got me thinking, when I was thirteen years old, you know, playing Bantam Triple or Bantam Double A hockey, we uh we went out for a team dinner. We we're gonna go to a Manitoba Moose game, AHL team, and our coach got a pizza. And we know Coach loves chili flakes on his pizza. So what did we do? We did the old, we're just going to loosen up just enough. Take it off. Put it back on. Coach goes to put chili flakes on his pizza. Guy got, guy got a little bit of pizza with his chili flake. And he immediately looks up at us and says, You guys think this is funny? You guys think you're comedians, eh? You'll be laughing tomorrow when I'm bag skating your ass over the blue line, you pussies. So what did he do? He broke out the lawn chair. He brought the local newspaper when newspapers were still a thing. The sunglasses, parked his ass at center ice on the lawn chair, blew the whistle. An hour. Again. That's just him loving the Again. power, huh? Yep. That's all because we dunked chili flakes all over his meat lover's pizza. And we never did it again. That coach feels like he's just craving power. Like, that's those, like, prank you guys back, fucking clown. But I know, that was, but any, either way, it was a power move and you guys didn't do it again. So I'll, I'll fair play to him. <laughs> But uh, I used to like pranks back in the day. We used to do the lot. There was a lot of spitballing going on. That was weird at the restaurants. Yeah, pucking. And then uh, you said pissing. I remember I used to, you know, like you nug the bag, you turn it inside out. You know that one? No. You like put all their equipment in and then zip it all the way. You turn the bag inside out and zip it all the way because then you can't get the zipper. It's a pain in the ass. Uh, so like we were pissed at this kid one day because I forget if he was talking shit or whatever it was and I was like you know what fuck this guy we're gonna nug up his bag so I pop it inside I would zip it up and then I was like you know what this isn't enough we're gonna we're gonna put it in the trash and then I'm gonna piss all over it <laughs> you know <laughs> and so I did that and then like he kind of got like upset and then I was like you know that was kind of a dick move by me <laughs> You know, I was a little mean. I'm sorry, man. I, I, I'll, uh, when you said nugging the bag, I immediately thought of, did you ever hear about the coach in New York who got a one year ban for shitting in someone's bag? No. Oh, well, yes, actually. Yes. 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 That's when, hilarious. When, when the coach and, and the players walked into the other team's room and shit in their bags. And all I can <laughs> think of is first off, the, the, you have to know the other team's out of the room. Second off, the coach has to be like, you know what? We're going to go in there and we're going to squat over the bags and we're going to shit in their bags. <laughs> You know what I mean? And that's all so the, funny. Well, and all the kids, you know, they're nine, ten years old, squatting over the bag, and one of them was like, "Hey, hey, hey, Ralph, you know, come over here, Just get over here." Well, why? Hold, hold this guy's skate open. I'm gonna shit in the bag <laughs> to do that. And then also, what I want you to think about too is that they left the room. <laughs> the, the other kids had their bags zipped up. They went home. Mom and dad are out of the gear. They're like, "Oh God, man, your gear smells like shit." And then little do they know, they open up everything. There's a big steaming turd right in their shin pad. Dude, it's just like, what went so wrong in that game that you're... The only was? explanation I can think of is that they ran the score up late on a five-minute major power play, and they buried like six power play goals with three minutes left. But this is youth hockey? That would, that would alone would probably make me want to shit in your bag if you, know, if you did but run the score up But like this is youth hockey. This is youth hockey game, right? This youth hockey game that we just lost and I'm the coach of, I'm so upset about it. What am I going to do about it? Oh, I know. I'm going to go take a shit in their bag, in their equipment. Like, where does your mind go? Why are you thinking that? What is that the outcome? Like, maybe punch the wall, break a clipboard. No. 
No, I'm going to go take a fucking dump and not wipe my ass. <laughs> the thing that... Yeah, hold on. Pass me his practice jersey. I need to wipe my ass real quick. Yeah. The, the part that baffled me the most is that they gave him, I think, a one-year... Or I think it was a two-year... <laughs> one or two-year suspension. And then you read further down in the article, and it's like, this was not... This is the second time that he did it. He did it again six months earlier. Oh, it's a... <laughs> <laughs> It's a thing he does. He's known so, for it. <laughs> so he did it the first time. The parents were like, oh, God, your gear smells like shit. He did it the second time. They're like, oh, God damn it. Coach Ralph did that again. <laughs> Little slap on the wrist. They're like, hey, coach, can't be shitting in anyone's bag anymore. All right, all right. A few months go by. Tom Wilson goes to shit in the, uh, in the Bruins' bags. Dude, <laughs> Just a big coiler in Marshawn's bag. <laughs> that's elite. That coach is elite. Can't say I've ever done that. We once, I don't know if this is bad to say, but it's so deep in the podcast, I'll just say it anyways. There was a time we would fuck with our strength coach at Maine. And uh, he was a goofy guy, so like we knew he was like one of the boys he could take jokes and whatever. And he had to call us all in to talk like heart rates. I don't know. The coach wanted him to have a meeting. He, he had to talk heart rates or diet or something. I forget what it was, but he had... The coach was kind of making him do it, so he put up like a PowerPoint. He said it. He like had one all ready. He's like, after the lift, just give me ten minutes. Coach wants me to talk to you guys about blah blah blah. So we go in. We're like, this guy's clown. Like what? So let's all get naked, and when he walks in, we'll just be fully nude. And yeah, he's looking at thirty dicks. So like when he loops the corner, we're all sitting there with like our balls sitting on the fucking like. Uh, like the, like the fucking locker room chair, like, like straight face. clock just uh, straight face. He walks into thirty of us just naked. Like what the fuck? <laughs> like we that was a common uh, like we did that a couple times with a few different people that held meetings. Like obviously within the team, no strangers, but like guys that we knew like well enough that it was like we could laugh. We knew they would laugh about it. Imagine if we did that with like an academic person, like business guy, head of the business. Uh, in school just comes in and we're just naked like you wanted to come in our locker room well you should have fucking be ready to take see a few dicks like that's this how is it is locker room buddy get used to <laughs> yeah. it a whole lot yeah. more where this came from speaking of a whole lot more Sling the Biscuit episode 8 want to uh, thank you for listening this week episode 9 we come at you every Thursday morning 8am Eastern with a brand new episode next week Jeremy Broder is confirmed he will co-host the podcast with us he's uh, he's going sober he's not drinking his season's done he's going to be heading home after the uh, season ended party later tonight and next week he'll be on the podcast looking forward to getting him on to uh, talk some hockey talk some business and just uh, you know shoot the breeze but uh, on behalf of Pat and myself we want to thank you for listening to episode 8 of Sling the Biscuit we're 8 episodes in we uh, haven't been cancelled yet that's probably coming not too far along but uh, yeah we'll leave you with this final song Hot Dog Limp Biscuit. see you next week peace Just